Colossians chapter 3, we'll be looking in verses 1 through 17 tonight. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 17. Well, Colossians was there last time I looked. I know it's still there. There we go. Colossians 3, verse 1 through 17. Now that Christmas 2018 has passed, it's time to slow down a little. Someone was talking about things getting back to normal. Uh, before they get back to normal, I hope maybe you'll take a few minutes, take a little bit of time, and reflect on uh, the joy of the season, the joy of the birth of Christ, uh, the joy of being with your family, all of those different things just Take some time to think about it. I know I did, and one of the things I thought about was how a person's taste changes with time. Um, most kids, when they want to open up something at Christmas, they want to open up toys, um, even if it's an electronic toy or it's one of those those old-fashioned toys, you know, basketball trucks, ba uh, dolls. Um, a lot of kids that certain ages don't get so excited over socks or shoes or clothes. Uh, but at some point it happens. It happens different times with different kids. They get to the point where they like getting clothes. I'm not sure exactly why that is. Uh, maybe it's because they learn the value of clothing, or maybe it's just they like certain types of clothing. Um, I have a prime example. When one of my sons was very young, we had a couple that came over to our house and brought him a present. He was so excited over the present. He was just overjoyed. He was just beside himself. And he opened the present in their, their presence. And he opened it up. And when he opened it up, he let out the biggest caterwauling and sobbing and ran to his room. He said, clothes, I don't want clothes. But this same boy who is now grown got three pairs of work pants for Christmas and was ecstatic. He was beside himself with happy. How does that change? Why do clothes become so important? I wonder if one reason why is because in some ways our clothes reflect our personalities. Now, I know you can't judge a book by its cover, and I know the Lord looks at the heart he doesn't look on the outside. But at the same time, what you wear says something about who you are. It says something about what is important or unimportant to you. I think that's why the Bible so often uses clothing as a metaphor, a symbol of something else, a way to talk about who you are, a way to describe who you want to be, a way to tell us what God wants us to be. And tonight we're going to look at one of these extended metaphors that deal with clothing. And what we're going to talk about is how to dress your soul for success. How to dress your soul for success. Would you stand with me, please, as we begin reading? In Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1, if you'd follow along with me. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. 
Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are a speaking God, that you still speak through your word to each one of us. And Lord, it's amazing to me how, how you can take the same word and you can speak to each one of us according to our need. You can speak to each one of us whether we need correction or rebuke, whether we need encouragement, whether we need, Lord, just to know how much you love us. Whatever our need is, you provide it for us. Your word is sufficient to work in our lives. And I pray tonight that you please, please, as I preach your word, let your spirit apply it to each one of our hearts and lives, that we can live for the glory of God and we can become like Jesus. We pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. It was Mark Twain who once said that clothes make the man. Clothes make the man. Naked people have little or no influence on society. I'm not sure that clothes make us, but I do suspect that they reveal something about us. You get up in the morning, who decides what you're going to wear? If you're an adult, you do. You decide. And even if you ask somebody else's opinion, you make the decision. And you have reasons, whether you realize it or not, why you chose that shirt instead of this shirt, why you chose that pair of pants instead of this pair of pants. Whether you realize it, you have, a cho you have choices you make about your wardrobe. And in the, much the same way, Paul says, you choose how you dress your soul. And those choices make the difference between spiritual success and spiritual failure. How do you dress your soul for success? Well, first of all, you have to decide who you want to impress. You have to decide who you want to impress. Sometimes I'll talk to people about, you know, clothing. I'm not a clothesline preacher. I'm not going to tell you what kind of clothes you need to wear. I'm going to tell you you need to dress modestly. You need to dress to glorify God. But I'm not here. Matter of fact, if you were to ask me what any of you have on tomorrow, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't pay attention to that. 
But sometimes we make the opposite problem, we make the opposite mistake, say, well, I don't really care what other people think. Uh, is that true? You put on that new dress and you ask your husband, does this make me look fat? Now, you're not just concerned about his opinion, right? You're concerned about the impression you're going to make on everybody when you go out. You know, it's not so much does it make me look fat to you. Is this going to make me look fat to everybody else? Because if it is, what are you going to do, ladies? You're going to burn it, right? <laughs> and get rid of it. Preacher, I'm a real man. I don't care what anybody thinks about how I dress. But if somebody tells you that what you're wearing makes you look a little light in the loafers, you're probably not going to wear that, are you? Because you don't want anybody to get the impression that you are effeminate. We do care about what we wear. We don't want our clothes to give anybody the wrong impression. Paul says to dress your soul for success, you have to decide who you want to impress. He says, if you've been raised with Christ, the word there, if, can mean since. Since you've died, since you've been resurrected to a new life in Christ, because you are born again, look in verse 1. He says, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Your focus in life, your attitudes, your actions, your feelings ought to be on heaven, not on the earth. Now, that doesn't mean you forget all about earthly things. What it means is what God thinks is so much more important than what anybody else thinks. What, me, what it means is that what God thinks is so much more important than what I think. That's what it means to seek things above. You are not bound by the opinions of perspectives of the world. You see everything through the lens of eternity. Verse 3 says, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, he's not talking about physical death. He's not talking about physical life. He says, when you were born again, baptism is a symbol of you dying to your old life and coming up a new creature. Romans 6, 4 says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. When you believe in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, your life changes. How you think, how you feel, whatever direction you're going in, you turn around and go the opposite way. Your perspective on things changes. All that changes. God calls us to maintain that perspective. In other words, the one person whose opinion matters the most is not you. It's not your husband. It's not your kids. It's not your friends. It's not your enemies. The one person that you want to impress is God. You want to impress him. You should dress your soul as someone who's been saved by grace and headed for heaven. That's where the battle is being fought for many of us. You probably heard how sometimes we are accused of being so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Can I tell you something? That's not possible. It's not possible. 
It is not possible to be too heavenly minded. It's possible to be too religiously minded, to be so caught up in your religion or your, uh, your rules. It can be easy to do that. But you cannot be too heavenly minded because if you are completely heavenly minded, it will make a difference how you live on the earth. I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said, if you read history, you will find the Christians who did the most for the present world were those who thought most of the next world. And he makes a list of, of how it was through Christianity that slavery was abolished. It was through Christianity that uh, children, child labor was abolished. It was through Christianity that hospitals and other places of mercy were established. And all these people, they were heavenly minded. They had their mind on heaven, but it made a difference how they lived on the earth. They were not interested in doing any of those things to impress people. They were interested in doing those things for the glory of God. That's the first thing you need to decide about dressing your soul. Who are you trying to impress? Are you focused first and foremost on pleasing God, on following Jesus, looking at everything from his perspective? Or are you focused first and foremost on pleasing yourself, on pleasing others, looking at everything with earthly eyes? Once you make that decision, you make the right one. There's a two-step process to dress for success. The first one's in verse 5 through 9. You need to clean out your closet. Some clothes just need to be thrown away. My wife tells me as much. Every time she walks into the closet, she said, we got to get rid of some of this stuff. We've got to get rid of some of this stuff. Now, we've been married long enough to know that, or long enough for me to hear what she's really saying. What she's really saying is, we've got to get rid of some of your stuff. That's what she's really saying. And she's right. You know, there are a lot of things in my closet that have outlived their usefulness. I keep some of them for sentimental value. Some of them I look at and I say, you know what, if I lost just a few more pounds, I could wear that again. It's probably never going to happen, but I like to encourage myself that way. If you want to dress your soul for success, you have to clean out your closet. You have to get rid of some dirty, sinful attitudes and actions. Things that keep you from seeking Christ. Things that keep you from seeking things above. Paul gives us a list. In verse 5, he says, you need to clean out your closet by putting some things to death. And he lists fornication, uncleanness, passion, which is really lust, evil desire. All of those things involve sexual immorality. Uh, whether it's Some of it, it deals with sexual immorality in your mind. Some of it deals with sexual immorality in your actions. Paul says, you've got to get rid of that. You, you've got to... You've got to put that to death. You have to starve that to death. You have to kill that part of your life. He said you need to clean out your closet of covetousness. I want you to notice something there. Look at that verse. When he gets to covetousness, he said covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, what is idolatry? It's worshiping a false god. He says greed is not just wrong, it's idolatry. Idolatry. It's making a God out of what you want instead of being satisfied with what the real God gives you. You have to put those actions, you have to put those attitudes to death. 
Starve them, deny them, reject, reject them. That's one way to clean out your closet. Now, when he gets in verse 8, he said you have to clean out your closet by putting off some things. Now, look at that list there. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Blasphemy is slander, slandering someone. Each of those involve an aspect of anger or hatred. Now, everybody look up here for a second. Don't raise your hand. But how many of us have a problem with anger? How many of us have a problem with anger? Now, you might keep it hidden from people at church, but if you really want to know if you have a problem with anger, ask somebody that lives with you. Ask somebody that knows you real well. Because people have different ways of expressing anger. Some people explode, and some people don't explode. They just It just simmers inside of them. Anger is uncontrolled rage. Wrath is an outburst of uncontrolled anger. Malice is hateful anger that wants to hurt somebody. Blasphemy is slander. All of those, all of those things, Paul says, you've got to get rid of these. You've got to put them off. He goes on, he talks about filthy language and lying, sins of the tongue, using the gift of language in ungodly ways. And it's not just about what comes out of your mouth, it's what's in your heart. Because that's where what comes out of your mouth comes from, right? It comes from out of your heart. Now, don't you notice a couple of things here? Most of these dirty clothes are more attitude than action. In other words, cleaning out your closet is not just about what you do on the outside. It's about clearing away the stuff that's on the inside. Jesus once said, Mark, excuse me, Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of evil treasure brings forth evil things. What's in the well comes up in the bucket. You've got to do some deep cleaning. I want you to notice something else about what Paul says here. This is something you have to do. Therefore, in verse 5, you is the understood subject. Therefore, you put to death your members which are on the earth. Verse 8, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things. Cleaning your closet requires a choice. It's a choice that you have to make that nobody else can make for you. That doesn't mean you don't need help. You ask the Holy Spirit. He will help you. He will not make that decision for you. If you want to get angry, some people pray, Lord, stop me from getting angry. He will not do that. You've got to make that choice. He will help you stop from being angry. But he's not going to just zap you, make you stop being angry. That is a choice you have to make. He's not going to zap you and make you quit telling lies. You've got to make that choice. He will help you. He will empower you. He will enable you. But you have to choose to clean out your closet. And so the question comes up, what is the Lord telling you needs to get cleaned out tonight? Maybe your closet's full of secret lusts. Maybe your heart is eaten up with greed. Maybe your life is ruled by anger and hatred. You have a habit of allowing your mouth to say things you know you shouldn't say. You need to clean out your closet. Confess your sin to the Lord. Not only ask for forgiveness, say, Lord, help me. I am making a choice to, to turn away from these things, to put them to death, to put them off. And I'm trusting you to help me do it. 
Dressing for success in your soul requires that you clean out your closet. That's the negative side. On the positive side, it means that you should show off your new threads. Here's a question you hear a lot after Christmas. Is that a new shirt? Is that a new dress? Is that a new tie? Are those new shoes? And what that is is an invitation to tell who gave it to you. Somebody asked me about my tie tonight. My oldest son, Travis, gave this to me. And in case you're sitting there saying, what in the world does that preacher have on his tie? It's a lightsaber from Star Wars, one of my favorite movies. Um, but he bought it for me. And when they buy me something, I'm going to wear it. You might think it's ugly. Keep that to yourself. I don't want to hear that. He bought it for me. That makes it precious to me. But, you know, when, when somebody asks you that question, it gives you a, uh, it's an invitation to brag on the person that gave it to you. Oh, my wife got this for me. My daughter got this for me. And, and that's not about pride in yourself. It's about bragging on the one who gave the gift to you. And Paul says that's what it means to dress for your soul's success. You don't just need to clean out the closet. You need to show off your new threads to brag about the one that gave them to you. Verse 10 says, put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. When you become a Christian, you are recreated to become like Christ. That's God's purpose in your life. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Once in a while, people will ask me, Brother Mike, I, what is God trying to do in my life? I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand why he's letting this happen. I don't understand why he's, he's putting me through this. And I, I always have the same answer. He's making you like Jesus. Whatever it takes to do that, that's what he's doing. He's making you like Christ. And when he does that, as he is recreating us in the image of Christ, he is giving us new clothes that we put on. The ones that Jesus died to give us. And they're listed for us in verse 12 through 17. Tender mercies, kindness, that is a heartfelt compassion for hurting people. Humility and weakness is a willingness to put other people first, to be gentle. Long-suffering is patience. Listen, it's not just patience. It's patience for people who especially frustrate you. Anybody can be patient when nobody's making them mad, right? This kind of patience is the kind that's patient with people that try your patience. Forgiveness, he says, as Christ forgave you. Love, which pulls all these threads together. Peace with God. Gratitude and praise. Worship, not just in church, but in verse 17. Whatever you do, in word or deed, in the, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now notice a couple of things here. First of all, almost every one of these attitudes that you put on is an, is an attitude. It's not an action. It produces action, but it starts inside. Showing off your new threads is not just about what you do on the inside or what you do on the outside. It's about what's going on on the inside. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. What's in the well comes up in the bucket. Second, notice this is something you have to do. Verse 12 says, you put on 
Verse 14, but above all these things you put on. Showing off your new threads requires you to make a choice. You have to choose your attitude. And again, that doesn't mean you don't need help. The Holy Spirit will help you. It does mean you have to make the decision. You have to choose the attitudes of Jesus. And when you do, the goal is not to brag about yourself. The goal is to brag about the one that gave those clothes to you. Pastor of a small church was visiting a stranger in the community. Then he asked this guy after conversing with him a little bit, he said, well, why don't you come to church? Now, people, I know people have invited you. Why don't you come to church? He said, well, preacher, I just don't have any nice clothes to wear. So the preacher gets gathers some people in his congregation and they donate some money to buy the man a really super nice suit and shirt and tie and shoes. And the next Sunday, the preacher is expecting to see the guy in church. The guy didn't show up. Minister visits him again and asks him, why didn't you come to church Sunday? He said, well, preacher, I got dressed in those new clothes and I look so good, I decided to visit the big church downtown. That's what you call gratitude. (laughs) The most important way to dress for success is not what you wear on the outside. It's what you wear on the inside. It's the attitudes of your heart and mind. It means that you have to decide who you're going to please, who you're trying to impress. You have to decide that your aim is to please God. You don't focus on yourself. You don't focus on what other people think. You don't focus on this life. You focus on eternity. Because if you please God, it really doesn't matter who else you please. You need to clean out your closet. You need to confess the sins of your heart, anger, gossip, greed, whatever it is. You need to deal with it. You need to bring it before the Lord, ask his forgiveness, he will forgive you. Ask for his cleansing, ask for his help to overcome those things. Show off your new threads. Put on those new clothes of mercy and kindness and patience and praise. And when somebody looks at you and says, man, I see something special about you. That is your opportunity to brag on the one who's given you those clothes. Would you bow your heads with me, please?